So welcome to The Expert Edge. Today, we are having a conversation with the one and only Brendan Lucero. Now, Brendan Lucero is the founder of Video 4X Effect. And for me, I think he is one of the smartest marketers on the planet right now. He's a good friend of mine. He's a part of a peer mastermind that I'm involved in. And so I wanted to bring him on the co- on the podcast to really expose you to the next level of thinking when it comes to marketing your products online. Now, one of the specializations that Brandon has is really in your messaging. And so in this conversation, we dive deep into the three types of content that you need to be creating to create demand for your product. We also dive deep into the idea of belief shifting and the types of beliefs you need to be addressing, shifting, and even busting so that when you make your offer, there is actually demand for what you do. We talk about the difference between how-to and what-to content and the future of the expert industry and where it's all going. So, It's a really good conversation. I trust that you're going to be taking notes. In fact, I don't take notes every time I do an interview, but this one, I had a bunch of notes on my sheet reflecting on what I really want to do moving forward. And so I trust you're going to really enjoy this podcast, this conversation that we have and be a bit of a fly on the wall as we talk about the future of messaging and creating demand for your products. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. Okay, so welcome to the Expert Edge Brandon Lucero, it is a pleasure to have you here, mate. Welcome. Thanks for having me, man. I'm so excited for for uh, this interview today. I'm excited to to talk and and be in front of your audience. So thanks for having me. Yeah, love it. Now, uh, first of all, I'm excited to have you on here because, to be quite frank, uh, I think you are like one of the smartest marketers on the planet right now, and I have got massive respect for how you think, um, your your unique and fresh take on things. And I just really feel like you're leading like a fresh uh, philosophy of how people should market in this, you know, current environment and then moving forward from here. So, dude, I'm like proper excited to get into this today. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know Brandon, uh, Brandon, I'd love for you to share like, tell me about how you all got started how, or how you got started in this expert space? Like when did that kind of pop for you and what's been your journey? Yeah. So, I mean, much like you, it's, it's like to get to this point, you know, we kind of blown up over the last two years, but it's been like a 10 year journey, you know? And so, so true. it's like, I, I originally got started because I'm like, I just want to sit behind a computer, make 10 grand a month and like go mountain biking all day. And so I was like, how do I, how do I make that happen? So I set up this site and I was like, I'm going to do an online business. So I set up the site and we created the company called um, Sold With Video. And the intention was I'm going to help real estate agents sell more homes by doing listing videos. And I, I had this whole like back end built out where in order they would go on the website, they would buy a, a listing video, they would upload, upload their own photos, their own video footage. 
it would get sent into our backend system. I had a team of like virtual assistant uh, video editors who would then take it, put it, put it back together, put it back into our system, which would then send an email to the real estate agent. They would approve it, send the changes back. And so I was just like out of the picture. I was just, wow. you know, collecting money. And then the video, like the, the system was essentially the middleman. And um, the only problem was no, I didn't have any sales. So <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> so oh, it's like, so true. It's like, damn, this is such a good idea. And yeah, like, no. and then, and then like, oh, like, I it stays an idea. I had everything. I had everything built out. I had everything ready to go. Oh except my for the sales gosh! And the oh my gosh! <laughs> now I know you're like your specialty is really in messaging. Like yeah. for me, if, if I could summarize what you do best, it's, it's messaging. Yeah. And so can you explain to the audience what messaging actually is? Yeah. So, and that kind of, well, messaging was the solution to that problem. So the problem was like, no one was buying. Right. And then, so then I started to learn about like how to get exposure. So then I started learning how to rank videos. And so I started like teaching YouTube and all of that stuff. And I started to slowly get into what messaging was, but it really, at that point I was like, okay, I just need to do, I just need to learn this marketing thing. And then I would sell sells more stuff, more stuff. But then I started to realize like, and it was fine back then because no one besides James Wedmore was really teaching YouTube, selling YouTube, but then all these YouTube experts started coming in. And then now yeah. just the fact that I was teaching YouTube, it didn't matter anymore because now there was like 20 people that were teaching people how to rank videos. And then that led me to messaging. So what's the unique positioning? How do I stand out amongst all these people? Once I started to learn that, I was like, wow, I'm actually, like I have a knack for this, just an, a natural ability to be able to do this. And I was doing things and I didn't really understand what I was doing, I just knew it worked. And right around that moment, I got, um, I met J, uh, Jim Fortin, who started teaching me a lot of like um, influence persuasion, kind of like how the human mind processes information and the psychology behind things. And I just adapted that to marketing. So what messaging really is, is how you communicate and how you market and position yourself in a way where it's so unique and so different, but makes so much sense to people, but that, that they can't help but to pay attention to you. So when you see people like Gary Vaynerchuk, who doesn't do a lot of the traditional styles of content, like how-to tutorial-based stuff, but he blew up, it, it's because of the messaging. He's, mm. he's playing into identity. He's, he's uh, broadcasting information in the way the human mind processes information. And to me, that's what, that's what messaging is. It's, it's finding that uniqueness that allows people to have those mind-blowing experiences when they consume your content. And it's mm. how you, sell, you basically sell without selling. Yeah. I mean, I love this because we've had a chat. I mean, Brennan and I, we're a part of a peer mastermind together. And how long have we, we've known each other for about a year and a half, maybe two years. How, how long has it been now? Two, about two years about or so. Two years. I think it's probably been one of those things where we knew of each other for a long time, but we haven't officially met. So yeah. I think we probably officially met a year and a half, two years ago. Totally. Because like, I mean, I knew about you because I, I know that James would speak about you. And, uh, but yeah, we'd never kind of got a chance to connect and stuff like that. And so it's been really cool, like getting to know each other. And I know that we help out, help each other out a lot in terms yeah. of our content and our topics. So what do you feel like are some of the, like the big mistakes that people make with their messaging at the moment or in general? Yeah. I mean, I think at the moment it's, it's focusing. And I know this is why I love your stuff too, is because and you and I are in so alignment of this is 
I think people are teaching too much how-to content and we've yeah. been, you know, just indoctrinated into this belief that, hey, how-to content and tutorials are how we grow an online audience. The problem is, is like that advice did work, kind of like what I, you know, the story I just told, it did work like six years ago. You know, like I was the only or one of the only people teaching YouTube content or how to YouTube marketing. And so people paid attention because I was one of two, right? The problem is, is when you get 20 experts that are all teaching the same how-to content, you blend in. And like, yes, you might have a zone of genius, but you're not the only person in this planet with a zone of genius. Like there's going to be other people, 20, 30, 40, sometimes a hundred people with the same zone of genius. So if you teach how-to content a hundred percent of the time, well, you're going to be teaching seven, like you have your, all everyone's content to be 70% the same. And if you don't believe me, just go to YouTube, type up any how-to content, watch five videos. They're essentially going to tell you the same, relatively the same five to 10 steps. So the problem is, is you have a lot of these experts who've been around for a really long time that are teaching how to grow online and they used how-to content and they're like, it worked for me, but they haven't recognized yet that the, the online space is becoming more saturated and it's going to continue to get more saturated. So you have to start adjusting your messaging and your content to be a little bit more unique, to play into identity, to play into core values, to play into really what it is, is, is beliefs. And that's mm-hmm. really where we play a lot is in creating content that either shifts people's perspectives, shifts their beliefs, puts them in a better spot, um, or connects based off of identity and connect based off of beliefs that you guys have in common. Oh, dude, this is so powerful because I feel like when you're starting out as a coach or an expert or a content creator, I, I feel like you don't understand just how powerful playing into beliefs is. It's like, because it, it feels so conceptual, like it doesn't feel practical. It, it feels very like just ethereal, you know? And it's like, so, so if I help people to believe something different, then they'll buy my program and then I can really help them with all the how to. And it feels so like distant and like, just, I don't know, just, just weird to grasp. Right. And it's so cool because this is literally so similar to what I teach in the, in the speaking space and webinar space of like the conversion mechanism of like, identifying the beliefs that they need to believe to be able to say yes to your program. And so tell, tell me about that journey for you about learning the power of beliefs and how to, how to identify them and so forth. Yeah. So the thing that's scary about beliefs is, is most people don't know that they're like that it's a belief. They literally think it's real. So for example, and then that's what's so scary about this is like, if you fail at a, and there's different ways you can start to form a belief. One of them being experiences, so, you know, if you, if you go and you do a webinar five times and you fail, quote unquote, fail, and obviously failure is just an interpretation too. failure is just a belief, but yeah, it's just a belief. Again, I know yeah. it's just, it's just like belief, belief stacking totally. there. <laughs> but let's just say you, you know, you, you fail at webinars five times in a row, you're going to start to think things like webinars don't work or I'm not good or whatever. And you're literally going to walk away thinking that that's true. And it's not true because if you walk away with the belief, Hey, webinars don't work. Well, I can give you an example of a hundred people that are using webinars that are working. Mm -hmm. And so, but your mind doesn't like subconsciously, you don't think that you just have, this is my experience. Therefore it's true. And the way I look at beliefs and I tell my students to look at beliefs is if something isn't true 100% of the time, then it's a belief. 
And like right now, for example, people listening would say Brandon and, and Colin are having a conversation. Like that's literally what we're doing. That's true. That's going to be true. No one can argue against that. Not that's belief. literally what's happening. That's a truth. That's, that's, that's a truth. real. Correct. Now people listening might go, this web, this, this interview sucks. This, some people might say this interview is amazing. Some people might say it's okay. Most people will say it sucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hate these guys. Tell us, bull, tell us our, my reality's not real. How dare they? <laughs> so um, good. But, but what's happening is that they will literally walk away from this interview and they will think that that thought that they had was the truth, was real. Mm, but not a, if, unless 100% of the people think that, then it's, then it's not true. And the reason why we operate that way, because if something isn't true 100% of the time, you can discredit it all the time. So, you know, for example, if someone had this belief that working hard guarantees success, all I have to say is, oh, really? Does everyone who work hard become successful? And in one sentence, I completely shifted and shattered their reality. And this is why it's so powerful because when someone has a belief, it literally is their reality. Yes. It literally like it's, it's the box or, they function in that, yeah. that stops them from growing or developing or moving to the next level. A hundred percent. And so how does that connect with someone buying your program? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great question. So if the, what we do is we identify the beliefs that are actually causing suffering in someone's life. And so when, like, for example, if, if you're listening to this interview and you've been doing a hundred percent how-to content and you're plateaued, you literally keep doing the same thing because that's all you've been told. And that's your reality. You think I need to do hundred percent of content. Now, what I did earlier in this episode is I used Gary Vaynerchuk as what we call a counterexample to show someone or to show you, here's someone who's grown to way past you without doing what you think is what you should be doing. And that, that, that shatters their reality. And that's when people have these mind blowing connections. Now, if you can do that in relationship to your pro program, what you're doing in your content is creating demand for your program. So let me give you like, give you an example. So if I said how to content is not how you grow an audience fast. And I understand why you think that because everyone's been telling you that, but look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He grew faster than anyone has and ever will. And he doesn't do a single how to content. What I just did is not only discredited your belief and shifted your perspective, but I just created demand for what Gary Vaynerchuk does. So now what I have to do is just say, so what does Gary do? Well, he uses thought reversal videos. He uses this content on identity. He uses da, 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 da. And then when people realize, oh my gosh, that's what he does. I just created demand for exactly what I sell. I created demand for our program. And we do this with all of our content all the time, which is why people will not even have to go through our sales funnel sometimes to even want what we have. Like we'll get emails from people. It's like, I just heard an interview or I just heard a podcast or I just heard, watched your video. Like, what are you selling? Can like, how do I work with you? And I love that. Even in our last launch, like the video series, people were halfway done. It's just like, can you just take my money already? (laughs) (laughs) Just let me have the program. Totally. It's so true. Because really like good marketing and messaging should do all the heavy lifting for you. Like they should be ready to at least like, you know, like to make a decision at some point, like by the time they get to your, you know, offer right? Yeah. Like they, they should already be like chomping at the bit before yep. they get to your offer. Cause most people think the sale is made on the sales page. 
But it's <laughs> so the sales page is just the opportunity for them to get what they already want. Totally. And that is like one of the biggest mistakes. And I think that like, especially if you want to scale, like, especially if you want to scale up your business, I think that that's one thing that like, I feel like you do really well is like when you're working with people, you, you take their like really cool offer or their great kind of like content and you actually build an ecosystem around them of that attracts people to believe a certain thing to say yes to their offer. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And the way I, I view it is, is like, I really, the reason what drive that I love this and what drives me is it's, it's really ending suffering in people's lives because people have these beliefs that are either not allowing them to get the results they want, whether you help someone lose weight, you help someone find happiness, you help someone make more money, whatever it is, if they're not getting the results, I can almost with a hundred percent, hundred percent accuracy tell you it's because of the beliefs that they hold. And if you can free them from that, it's the most transformational thing. And that's why I love what we do is we get to, to do that. And when you do that for people, they want to buy whatever it is that you're selling. And to me, it's like the most ethical and, and transformative and easy way to sell anything because all you're, you're making more money by improving people's lives. It's like, so true because those, so, so what I'm hearing is like improving their life is actually enabling them to be released from the limiting beliefs that they're holding that are holding them back. Yes, it's, it's, well, it, it is, yes, but we look at beliefs, we've identified them into three, three things from a marketing standpoint. So limiting beliefs is definitely one of them, 100%. Um, but industry norms is another one that I think most people miss. So tell me about that. Yeah, so industry norms are going to be things that are like, people that are brand new to space come in and they're like, oh, everyone's saying this one thing or it's just been done this way for the last 10 years. So this just has to be the way it is. You know, basically how-to content is one of those industry norms. Another one in our space is people tell you, survey your audience and do the content your audience tells you to do. And I'm like, no, that's so backwards because now you have a, you don't have a message. You're just doing everything your audience tells you mm-hmm. to do. And if you've attracted the wrong audience in the first place, then you're doing more of what you don't even want to do in the, in the, in the first place. So like I say, yes, survey your audience, but pick out what you want to talk about. That way you can craft your message and that will attract your audience. And so like, those are industry norms. Those are things that like almost every competitor of mine is teaching. And if you can, I recognize those, those ones are the most powerful ones to start with. And I mean, we'll, we'll develop entire funnels and marketing campaigns off of one industry norm. And we just go against the grain. We're polarizing. We get a lot of attention, but it also makes sense to a lot of people in the way we explain it. So we make a lot of sales that way. And then to us, like to me, that's all I'm doing is improving our space. I'm helping our space. I'm ending, ending the outdated norms of our space. And that's what I want to help more people do. But that's, that's industry norms. That's the first one. And that's why I recommend everyone starts there because usually when you do a piece of content on an industry norm, it'll apply to 90% of the space. Can we when, talk about this a bit more? Sure. Yeah. So before you go to the second one, um, so how do you do it in a way that doesn't piss people off like right now where you're going against an industry norm and how do you do it in a way that where your marketing like still polarizes, still creates attraction, but doesn't like piss, piss too many people off in that well, way, like create a bad <laughs> reputation for you? It's um, well, I think it starts with the intention. Like my intention isn't to piss people off or prove people yes. wrong. Like it's not about me being right and you being wrong. It's literally about ending a belief that's causing suffering in your life. So intention like is, is number one. Um, and I tell my, that's like in our program, I say, if you're doing a piece of content with the, and you're doing it because you have a pet peeve you want to be right about, 
stop like that. People, mm-hmm. people are going to feel that and they're going to experience that. So we don't do that at all. Like that's just going to cause uh, like a more suffering inside of your own life. So that's number one. Number two is you, you will piss people off. And usually the people that you're going to piss off are the ones that are teaching and doing the things that you say not to do. And so like even in, inside of our, our mastermind group, I feel like sometimes when we talk about this, there's some resistance from some people because they're just kind of like, that's what they do. And that's what they've been teaching. And again, there's no right or wrong, yeah. you know, with anything, but those tend to be the people uh, that kind of give you the most resistance. But really at the end of the day, you have to follow a unique process in order to do it. And what we do is, is I use what I call thought reversal format. Right. And so we state the belief and how it's wrong or bad or the old way. And then we move into a discredit and we use slide of mouth patterns and there's 16 of them and slide of mouth patterns. And if, once you learn these and you go watch Tony Robbins do his coaching mm-hmm. and what he does, he basically identifies the belief causing suffering in someone's life. And he'll run through all 16 slide of mouth patterns until one of those busts the belief for the person. And that's why it's, it's belief important. busting. I mean, I kind yeah. of learned some of this stuff in when I studied NLP. So if anyone studied yeah. neuro-linguistic programming, essentially it's like, it's, it's, busting their view of their world yeah. essentially in a helpful way, not to like, you know, how it cause harm, but to break yeah. them free from their limitations. So I love this. So you integrate that in your thought reversal process. Right. And, and again, it comes down to intention, uh, which mm. is the end of the suffering. So if, if someone has that belief, Hey, um, how to videos is a hundred percent like what we should be doing to add value. And I, and I come in and give the Gary Vaynerchuk thing what I'm doing is I'm shifting their perspective in a way that's going to leave them in a better spot. And that's the secret. So if you're trying to like be right, just prove that they're wrong and you just want to leave them in a space of, Hey, you're wrong. That's, that's going to make them work. You're going to get a lot of resistance for that. But if you can bust the belief and free them from it and then give them a solution of what to do, that's better. You don't get any resistance from it because then they're like, Oh my God, God, like it's like a weight off of their shoulders versus an attack on their reality, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So tell me about the second one. Okay. So industry norms is the first one. Limiting beliefs, uh, like you mentioned, is the second one. That's the second place we start. And the reason why is not everyone has the same limiting beliefs. So if you put that in your upfront content, well, now you're only going to be relevant with that specific piece of content to 60 to 70% of your audience. So if I said something, did a piece of video content on how to content isn't the best type of content to use, that would that industry would apply to 90%. If I did a video on you're not afraid of the camera, not everyone has that limiting belief. So that piece of content is only going to apply to 60 to 70% of my, my audience. And so you want to do both. And sometimes if you're doing like a podcast interview or something, you can actually incorporate this multiple times and do like an industry norm and a limiting belief or multiple limiting beliefs. Uh, And then the third one is objections. So if you know, you're going to be getting a lot of objections, like I can't pay for your program and stuff, it would be very helpful to do a thought reversal on investing or the way they look at money inside of their business before they enter the sales funnel. And so that's, that's kind of the three that we tend to focus on when we're doing upfront content. Mm. But I want to be very, very clear about something because I don't want to lead people in the wrong thing. Like what I'm talking about right now, the thought reversal process is just a piece of like your overall messaging ecosystem. There's, you still do have to do how-to content, but we want to make sure it's in alignment with what you're selling and it's not 100% of the time 
And then you also want to do connection-based videos, which is building a connection with your audience based off of core values. And when you can get these three combined together, it, you tend to have mega results and, and not only just in your top funnel content, but even in like webinars and down, down the funnel and stuff. And that's why I love what you do, Colin, because I feel like you're like, I think feel like you, you and I are kind of like uh, ketchup and mustard. Like they go together <laughs> they so do. well. They because do I'm very much well. all about top of funnel and you yeah. very much bring the same concepts down to bottom of funnel. Exactly. Yeah. On the actual conversion mechanism, yeah. like the webinar. Um, dude, this is so good. So, because uh, what I'm seeing is like industry norms are like more general benchmarks that are accepted. Mm. Limiting beliefs are specific ideas that people have limits around that not everyone will have. Like that could be like confidence levels or experiences that someone's have had in the past of different things. Like if you're teaching confidence on camera, it's like, or you're teaching messaging on camera and it's like, you're scared of the camera, like something like that. Or you don't have to be confident to one, one that I use is, is you don't need to be confident to sell on webinar. Because right. people think, oh, I need to be really confident to sell. Well, you don't. You just need to follow a formula. Right. And so, which is, would that be an example of like a limiting belief? A hundred percent. And so, the way I would put that in like a thought reversal title would be something like thinking you need confidence in order to sell on a webinar is actually help, is causing you to bomb on webinars. You know, something right. along those lines. Yeah. And because c- it's cool because it like plays with people's, in a respectful way, it, it, it like, plays on their, their limiting belief, but then it makes them question it and start to like, well, it creates like an open loop in a sense. And then they start to question it, which is part of breaking a a belief, which is basically, you know, questioning it. And then you're giving them a point to go, Hey, go and join this class or download this free content builder or whatever to help you with resolving that does that is that kind of how it works in a sense yeah uh, yeah totally and and so it would be definitely like identify the belief and i i tend to be very polarizing with it you know like we have four different ways to write thought reversal titles based on how like aggressive you want to be with the titles yeah so um i tend to be very aggressive with the titles because i'm just kind of like i just I don't care. Like you have, a you've belief. got to I'm, that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you know what? You totally. have this problem. Let me help you fix it. I'm going to be aggressive so I can get you out of your, your stuff totally. and move you into a better place. But I would do something like, um, you know, like co- thinking you need confidence in order to sell on a webinar is actually causing you to bomb. Then you would discredit, discredit the belief mm-hmm. of, um, you know, needing confidence and, and you, and it's very simple. You would just say something like, um, are you telling me that everyone who sells on a webinar and a successful webinar is confident? Or are you telling me that there's never been a single person who's had confidence that, or didn't have confidence that made a sale? Like you just kind of like, uh, this is what I would call chunking up. You apply to belief to everyone and all the time. So um, after that's discredited, you say, so what, what do all these people have that are selling on webinars? And then you just kind of go into what the solution would be. They had like, you can say it's a good offer. They focus on beliefs. They do this, they do that. And then at the very end, you say, if you want to learn more of this, like hop onto our webinar, download our PDF, do, you know, whatever the call to action is. Um, but what you're really good at, Colin, is, is when you teach that how-to part of that thought reversal video, is you very much want to teach what the, to be doing. You don't want to teach too much of how to actually do it because that's where your program comes into play. And what you got to remember, like you're busting people's reality. 
So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to kind of like shatter for them. And if you just give them so much stuff, they're going to be like, I can't handle this. I'm out. And it's a disservice to you and it's a disservice to them. And on the other hand, if they're like, oh, I'm loving this, they might actually think they have everything they need from that video and go and try to do it themselves when you know, and that's not everything that they need. So you got to teach more of what to do so you can bring them to a place to go further with it. Does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. And I actually have a lot of people kind of come to me and join our programs because they don't know the difference between what and how. Right. And I think like, I feel like, I mean, I've been speaking professionally for like 12 years now and cause I've been working with content for so long, I've, I've been able to identify this is a how and this is a what, but can you help people to kind of understand what that difference is? Like what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think um, the difference is when you teach the how, they should know like what buttons specifically they should be pushing. If you leave them with the what, they should know they should be going to go push buttons. So like, <laughs> it's you know, so true. It's like, it's something I like know that. I need to push buttons, but yeah. I don't know which buttons to push. <laughs> yeah. Or like, it's that is just, so good, dude. That's such a good example. Another one would be just be like, if like telling someone to go ride a bike, I would say, you have to sit on the bike, you have to pedal, and then you have to, um, you know, like put your hands on the handlebar. But if I was teaching the how, I'd be like, you want to put one leg over, you want to sit down on the seat. Then when you pedal, you have to go forward, not backwards. And you're going to go one leg at a time. And then you're going to put your left hand on the left bar, the right hand on the right bar. And then when you want to go left, like I'm just giving them instructions, basically. Yeah, it's instructions. Yeah. 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 And what I find what happens is like, whenever you get too instructional, people actually lose uh, connection with your video. Mm -hmm. They start like kind of disassociating in a sense, I think as a listener. And maybe even if you're listening to it just then, like, you know, you were probably starting to kind of zone out as Brennan was talking about the little nitty gritty steps. And that's what happens in people's content every day, right? It's like they totally disconnect and disassociate from the audience because they get too much into the how-to. So it doesn't leave the audience with that desire to go like to the next step. A hundred percent. And that's like, you have to think about where the person is in the journey too. So like if someone is looking up or watching a video on how to do something, they're usually not in the mindset of like opening up a notebook, getting down, taking whatever. But if they buy a program, they're like coming into the content with the intention of sitting down for an hour and being taught. So, yes. You know, oh, it's so, so different. It's, it's so it's, different. Hey, cause like they're ready for that level of detail. They're ready to commit to that where before that they actually don't have enough motivation to commit to that. And so you're doing right. them like a disservice if you're getting too much into the how to. Yep. Yep. And that's where most people f- like fail with content and sales. And so like if your content's not resonating, you're probably doing too much how to too much instruction if your webinar is not converting, like what you talk about, Colin, is like you're probably getting too much into the the stuff. Either yeah. and you're either like confusing them, overwhelming them, or making them think they have everything they need. And it's a hundred percent. And I mean, like, it, I want people to know that, like, even people at the top level struggle with this. Like, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people still are, you know, still working that out. So if you're trying to work that out, first of all, it's normal. But this is the thing: is like. When you do work that out, the difference on knowing how to, with your front end messaging and on your webinar, knowing how to 
position your content so it creates desire, doesn't give away all the how-to. Honestly, like your sales just dramatically increase. It's, it's like night and day. And it is an art form. Like just like anything, yeah. it, it takes practice. And, but just being aware of it in the first place is already going to give you guys a huge advantage. And it does take practice. Like, I mean, I've been doing this for years and I'm still learning how to do it. And I also want to say it takes practicing the right thing because right. you can kind of, and I mean, and that's why people join your program. It's people why people join my program because it's like they're done kerfuffling around in the dark and running into like tables and stuff and getting, yeah. <laughs> getting constantly in pain. And they're like, okay, just give me the process. I'll follow <laughs> it. And then, then I can like save about nine years of my <laughs> entrepreneurial career. It's so true. And the thing is, is like, you need to do the right things, but you actually just have to do it too. Like yeah. that's one thing that I see is, you know, when we talk about messaging we talk about like positioning and stuff is what most failing entrepreneurs don't realize is that what you start with won't be what you end with, but you mm. have to get started in order to get where you want to go. And so like when I started the video for X effect, which is our, our method in our program, I started it two years ago. We started out with the intention of it, helping people fix video inside of their business. It's like, here's how you make video work inside of your business today. It's, a, it's completely shifted. So different now, yeah. It's a messaging program, but mm. the evolution of your message and the evolution of your offers and your business is going to change. Like it's very rare to find someone who started out and they're still a year later saying the same thing and selling the same thing. It's almost virtually impossible. Like there's very few people ever, if anyone that is doing that hundred percent. And so what people try to do is they try to sit down and get the perfect message to get the perfect content, do it completely right. And then what happens is they miss and they do that for like six months. And then they miss that six month of experience and knowing of how to adjust. And it really like, is it such a, a massive disservice to them? And I tell people all the time, like there's a massive difference between knowledge and knowing. And so just because you go to college, like let's say you went to school to learn how to ride a bike, you uh, t studied all the courses, you took all the books, you know how a bike is put together, you know what the pedals are, the seats are, you know how the chain works, you know how to clean it, you know how to do all of that stuff. And then they, then they, they release you from the class and like, great, go ride a bike. And you're like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, you read the book. And you're like, no. And you get up there and you fall down. The, knowing is like doing it and feeling it. And then like when you ride the bike, there's a, a bouncing to it that you just can't even explain. And most people will miss that. Like most people listening to this podcast right now go like, wow, that's great. And then they won't go change anything. And they'll either try to like study it. They'll watch a little more podcasts. They'll kind of consume more content and they'll study, study, study. You just have to get out there and just go do it to get that knowing. And then you can start to adjust and fine tune. And once you do that, it's like, I tell people it's like a snowball at the top of the mountain. It's like, it's small and it's going slow, but as it, you push it down the mountain, it gets bigger and faster until it's like this unstoppable force. Oh, it's so true. Like I, I mean, I think about anyone who's had success in our industry, they're like, they're willing to just give it a go and look stupid. You know, yeah. like they're willing to put themselves out there to fail um, and do that sort of stuff. And so Dude, I, I totally agree. Um, where do you think the industry's going? Where do you think our expert industry is starting to move towards? And what, like, what, you know, what do you think is going to be starting to some of the distinctions and trends starting to come out as we move into the future? Yeah, it's such a good question. And it's, you know, it's so hard to answer. I think there's, there's going to be a lot more and we've already seen it with, you know, everything going on with 
Corona and all that stuff, a lot more consumption of online classes and online content. If I had to guess, and this is probably going to be way out there, like 15, 20 years, I actually think this space is going to start replacing a lot of uh, formal higher, higher education. Like I think, I think if I had to guess like college and stuff like that, we'll probably start not having so many different degrees on like marketing, social media, business, and be more for like lawyers, doctors, people that need the higher education. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why I think it's going to be replacing a lot of those degrees inside of college, because the thing is, is like the, the space and the world and things are changing so rapidly right now because of technology that I don't think college systems are going to be able to keep up with the curriculum that's still relevant by the time someone graduates. Even when they start, by when they finish four years later, it's like, it's so different. And I don't think people are going to want to pay fifty, dollars $100,000 to get this outdated degree. So I think something's going to happen in the online space where there's going to be a natural movement for uh, people looking for actual real experts teaching their expertise as that higher education. Um, I think that there's going to be less of like going places to do things too. So like, I think there's gonna be less going to the gym for workouts and there's gonna be more online type of type of stuff. I think the way people consume education is going to really lean into uh, what we do. And I don't know, maybe colleges will start licensing out our material or something um, as as well, just to, just to keep up. But I think this space um, is going to see a lot more consumption, which, is going to drive a lot more competition as well. So I think a lot of people right now are doing well that aren't going to do so well in the future because they're not able to adapt. They're not able to figure out how to uniquely position themselves. They're not leaning into where connection is really built, built mm-hmm. which is off of identities, core values, and, and beliefs. And so I, I think if I had to guess, that's the trend over the next like 10 to 15 years. Dude, like I think about this because I, I actually did a, a four-year college degree in marketing. So I did a university degree in marketing when I was in Australia. And I could hand on heart say that spending four years studying marketing, I could learn more about marketing with you in one day <laughs> than I could in four years. Hand on heart. Like yeah. I would have no doubt that I would learn more from you in one day than in four years. That, and that's the thing is people just, they, it's been taught, we've been indoctrinated into this idea that we need to go and do that, the college yeah. next thing. And college is great for the experience. Like, you know, totally. I was talking to James and James is like, it's the only time we're going to have the luxury of being an adult without the responsibility of being an adult. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more, but like, oh my I, gosh. dude, I had a friend who, um, he didn't go to college and he decided to um, apprentice for a heating and air company, like heating HVAC company out yeah. here. And so he, for the four years, while everyone else is in school going into debt, he actually apprenticed, learned the trade, saved up money. And then at the end of the four years, I don't know his exact amount of what he had, but let's just call it 50 grand. He had $50,000 saved up with a trade versus someone who had an outdated degree that was 40,000 in the hole. Like who do you think is going to be in a better spot? And he went off, started his own heating and air company. He's, he's my age. So he's 35, 36. Mm-hmm. The company does multi-million dollars. He owns three homes right now. And it's all because he just decided to go against the grain of what 
most people are indoctrinated into as like the right way or the best way or the way that things should go. And I th- so I think a lot more of that type of stuff is going to mm. start happening. Yeah, I think it's well. going to come out a lot more because I think about like with my university degree, like it taught me how to critically think, but mm. I feel like all the content wasn't actually relevant. Right. Um, so it took me, it taught me kind of some responsibility and stuff like that, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely lessons there, but also yeah. like, just think like four years of trying something like getting real experience is yeah. sometimes a little bit more valuable than a lot of the degrees people go and get. Oh, like I think if you, like if you're a dig, if you want to learn marketing and you're fresh out of school, like go and work for free or for like minimum wage for a, a smart digital marketer. And in one year, you're going to learn more, like probably in one month, you're going to learn more yeah. in application of digital marketing than doing a four year marketing degree. A hundred percent. And people, and like when we hire, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way too. Mm. Like I don't look at degrees. I look at more of the experience and, and just the, the skills and the way people think yeah. more than like we had someone on our team who had a um, marketing degree and I didn't know they had a marketing degree for the first six months of them <laughs> working for us. But, but they had actually, they came from Rick, Rick Mulready. And yeah, yeah. so Rick was like, Hey, this person's been working with me for a year. Like they want to move up to where you are. Are you guys hiring? I was like, yeah, send them on over. And she's so been good. great. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Just trade trading employees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. Love it. So I want to know to kind of close this out. Um, I want to know it's a, a bit of a deeper question, but, but I want to know at the end of your life, let's say people are standing around talking mm-hmm. about you at the end of your life. What do you want them to say about you? Um, yeah, that is a deep question. So <laughs> I think, I think what it is, is I want, I don't, so I want, I think what people will say is that he was brave and bold because I, I tend to go against a lot of what people say, think is normal, but I, I don't sit here and call myself brave and bold. I, I, what's driving me is I want to literally shift this planet and shift society norms that are causing suffering in people's lives. Like, I think there's so many people out there that are trapped and they don't realize they're trapped and they're trapped because they have belief boxes like you talked about that have been, they've been indoctrinated in through society, their parents and experiences or teachers, whatever. And, you know, like I have a friend who, who basically wakes up every day at 5am, gets back at, at six, like six, six days a week in a job that he hates. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. And he literally thinks he has to do that. Yeah. And every space is the same. Like there's people that have, you know, like weight loss issues because of things that they think are, are normal. And there's people that have confidence issues because of stuff that they, and I want people to realize it's, it's, you're just stuck in a belief box. And if you can get rid of this attachment of, of needing to be something that people told you you need to be, your life can be filled with so much freedom. Like even right now, when I go through a quote unquote hard time, I'm like, I'm not suffering in the emotion of sadness. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm still so grateful every day and I want to lead that charge. And that's why I love the messaging and what we do so much is I want to give it in the hands of every single entrepreneur who can help shift and change their space to get rid of this, like these normal things that are causing suffering in people's lives that they, that they don't even realize. Mm. I love that. Like 
all the successful people in our space, I feel like they really tap into like a deeper purpose of why they're doing what they're doing. Cause on yeah. a surface level, you know, look at, look at what you're doing. It's like messaging so that people join your programs. For me, it's like selling on a stage or a webinar so people join your programs. It's like, it can seem so like, Oh, so it's about making money, but it's actually not about that at all. It's about, it's you know, relieving suffering. It's about, for me, it's about helping people access their full potential, um, like, and that's like a real concept for me and, and this is real for you. And I just love that. I love that it goes beyond that. And, and I think that, <laughs> dude, we've covered such good content here. Um, <laughs> industry norms, every, t- I, like, I know you did a bonus inside of our, um, self from stage Academy and like, dude, like, honestly, you were one of the only bonuses for me. I'm like listening to, I'm, I'm like, I've got like five pages of notes. Like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is freaking insane um so how do people connect with you what's the best way i know you've got an amazing new podcast like tell them about that and then how do they get connected to kind of hook up and find out about your programs yeah so uh we do have a new podcast called the new generation entrepreneur so we got rid of the sold with video brand because um there's more stuff outside of video that i wanted to talk about and so you guys can go to anywhere you listen to podcasts and we talk about messaging we talk about how reality's formed we talk about like you know, a lot of stuff that we had, I talked about finding that internal freedom, um, business and, and stuff like that. So the new generation entrepreneur podcast is where you can go for that. And then we do launch our programs. If you, any of this like messaging stuff sounded pretty cool to you and something you might want to try, um, definitely listen to podcasts because we give free tutorials and stuff like that. Not instructionals, but tutorials or like <laughs> what to do is in there. Um, and then you can go to video4xeffect.com and get on the wait list for the next time we launch. We launch it two, uh, two times a year. Love that. Love that. I mean, I 100% recommend your program and your stuff. And if anyone was to do yours, I know that they would benefit significantly. So, dude, it's so good having you on the, on the uh, Expert Edge podcast and having this chat i'm excited to come on yours as well which i know is coming up sometime soon so dude is there any other final remarks that you would want to leave or encouragements for people who are kind of like they're ready to just like go for it with their messaging and bring something to the world yeah the thing that i like to leave people with is there's like i saw a quote today that said something along the lines of like act you know act as if you're dying because you are and it's like if you have a message every day you're getting closer to death. You don't know when you're going to die. Time is limited. What benefit do you get by sitting back, playing safe and, and just waiting? And if you have kids, what example are you setting for your kids when you're not speaking your mind, standing up for what you believe in and going after what you want? And is that really what you want for your kids? And, and I just hope that today's podcast give you guys the direction, the courage to shift your messaging, to be something more powerful in alignment with who you are and what you want to do. Dude, that is some serious motivation right there. It re- actually, it did. It reminds me of, I, and I probably a lot of listeners would have heard it. It's called my schmuck story where basically mm. my mentor called me a schmuck. Oh um, she literally said, Colin, you are a schmuck. And then she said, when you get older and you got kids, what will they have to look up to? Nothing. Mm. Wow. <laughs> no, dude she was she was my coaching teacher she was my nlp she taught me nlp Mm. so basically she was like 
putting a massive flame under my butt yeah to get me going and i love that you just did that for everyone on the on the podcast it's, it's so true <laughs> it's so good dude it's always <laughs> a pleasure having a conversation with you you're such a good dude and i completely implicitly trust you with everything so dude uh go and check out brendan and uh thanks for listening guys we'll talk soon So I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Expert Edge. Now, before you go, I've got something really special for you because I know that you know how important your signature story is. It's the way in which you connect with your audience and move them to join your programs without being pushy and salesy. It's the reason why I teach so deeply about it in Sell From Stage Academy. Now, Just recently, I created a really useful guide for you. It's called the Signature Story Guide. And what it's gonna do is gonna help you to discover your signature story and ask you some really pivotal questions on working out what signature story you should really be telling and then how to tell it. I want you to imagine your next webinar or your next Facebook Live or even your next live presentation and imagine yourself sharing a signature story that truly resonates with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Notice how good that's gonna feel. Notice how empowering that's gonna feel. Now, I really wanna help you out and I wanna actually give you this methodology for free. And it's really simple in how you actually grab it. All you need to do is go to the Expert Edge podcast, which you're listening to right now, and leave an honest written review about the value or the insight that you've got from one of the episodes. Now, before you submit it, all you need to do is take a screenshot of that review and obviously submit the review and then send that image on your phone to support at teamboyd.com. In the subject line, if you can put Expert Edge Review, that'll help us as well. And so send that image to support at teamboy.co. That email address is in the show notes as well. With the subject line, Expert Edge Review. And our team's going to send you back this guide that is going to help you to discover and share your signature story so that you can connect with your audience and move them to join your programs. I hope this blesses you. I trust it will as you grow and develop your expert business. And I really look forward to reading your review. We'll speak to you soon.